Come and get your love. Come and get your love. I can't really sing to that one. I ain't a rapper. Sorry, bro. Ready? Ready. Can't do the drum roll too long. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Off Axis podcast. This is number 10. Woo, Numero 10. Diaz. We made it all the way to number 10. Thank you guys for everyone who's watched them so far. And on to 100. And then on to 1,000. Hopefully. Yeah. Not hopefully, eventually. I'm having fun. <laughs> I'm not bored yet. Um, ladies and gentlemen, this is my fiance, Lily. Hello. Lily O'Brien, soon to be Markley. Mm. Eventually. Are you nervous? No. I think just more so we were planning it for next year. And I don't know if that's actually going to be happening with the COVID-19 going around because it just makes planning things so hard and so just... I don't know, money worrisome right now. Everyone's worried about money, and I don't really want to be planning shit. Yeah. So we did plan our wedding to be about on May May 2nd next year. Mm-hmm. And with this whole thing going around, it's kind of scary, and it kind of makes me feel like we shouldn't have it in May because had it been this year, it would have been canceled. And mm-hmm. if it happens again next year, which, which it probably will, it, I feel like this might be a recurring thing. Well, the second flu season is always the worst. And I doubt that everybody's going to get the vaccine. I feel like it's going to be one of those things where it's like, you can get your flu shot or you can get your COVID shot. And they're going to try to make it mandatory or something like that. Yeah, they're definitely going to try to make it mandatory, especially in like, like schools and stuff for kids. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, I had to get my flu shot at Oregon State University or they wouldn't let you back in. And meningitis. There's a case of meningitis going around and they were like, you cannot come back to school unless you get this shot. Damn. Yeah, I think I remember something like that. I remember if it was meningitis, but I know we had to like get our flu shots and all that other shit before we went back to school. It's kind of crazy. But definitely kind of makes me believe in vaccines a little bit more with this whole thing going around. That's a hard subject for me. (laughs) I was definitely very anti-vaccine. I just think it's, I don't like the idea that they forced to do things to uh, like to go back to school or to live normal day lives, you know? Well, the thing is, is that there are so many vaccines that we do need. Like otherwise, I don't know, the bubonic plague would be still be going around. Like yeah. polio, um, all these crazy diseases, but there do, does come a point of why are we being forced to have so many different vaccines, especially if we're not at risk of getting them. But, and also, I, I think that if they did were like coming from a great source, then yeah, hundred yeah, percent everybody should have their vaccines. But ah, very sketchy where we're getting all our vaccines from. Yeah. It's just, yeah, for especially for our wedding next year, I feel like we should probably do it in September. I feel like typically, like, the summer kind of burns off a lot of these diseases. I think it does. I'm not a scientist, but I think usually after summer is a better time and safer time, like September or something like that. 
Less people get sick in when it's warm out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And September's like right at, it's like that sweet spot kind of. True. I'd be down for that after the summer ends. Yeah. Right before your birthday. Right before my birthday. But that doesn't mean that you can like buy me one present <laughs> for both <laughs> That's days. what you're thinking about? This is the present. <laughs> <laughs> you are a good present. Right. So I wanted to talk to you about some uh, botany stuff. Okay. Because I feel like with this whole quarantine thing going around, I bet you a lot of people are sitting there like, man, I wish we grew our own vegetables and like we were more self-sustainable. Oh, completely. Like the road to being self-sustainable is not exactly an easy one to learn how to start to do. Yeah. But it just takes one plant growing and you kind of get the idea. And like I think that a lot of people just don't give it the time like they do other things like spending on netflix or instagram or things like that if you got up spent 30 minutes on your plants you'd have a garden yeah yeah so how many what 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 plants have you grown like before the ones that we have like like what vegetables vegetables i've grown tomatoes actually in my freshman dorm room i had a full tomato plant growing out my window I had, don't want to admit this, I had a full weed plant growing out my window in <laughs> my mm. freshman year in my dorm. I believe it. Yeah, that was For a good For those one. of you who don't know, Lily is literally like a weed scientist. Well, I would say like a botanist because she's good at all plants, but when she starts talking about the marijuana, she's like a freaking scientist. <laughs> Super brilliant. When you're in it for long enough, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So I actually met Lily working at... Uh, high quality, which is a weed store in Oregon. She was yeah. the bud tender, right? Bud tender, yeah. Bud tender. Yeah, it was a good time. It definitely taught me a lot of things um, from everywhere from the whole industry, how people treated each other, how people got started, to the plant itself, genetics, the different ways that you can consume. Um, I think my favorite part about it was having 80 year old women men who I've never smoked before had, yeah. ne- had thought this was the devil's drug like oh the devil's lettuce that kind of thing yeah. and they would come in and just be like I've had these symptoms for years I have this disease and I don't know what to do to elevate it um, my doctor says I should try this crazy drug I've tried it it doesn't work and then getting set them up with like try taking a dab or try taking CBD or RSO and all these crazy things and a lot of times they would come back and be like, that was amazing. Please help me more. What's RSO? <laughs> RSO is real spectrum or real spectrum oil. Is it? I don't know. Yeah. It's crazy that people have on like marijuana and that kind of stuff who have never done it before. Mm-hmm. It's like they think it's so crazy and like people who do it are such drug addicts and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I should be admitting this, but I'm going to say it. So the owner of High Quality, um, I'm just going to say his first name, Brock, uh, his aunt is the singer from uh, Greece. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And I'm not going to say who either, but she actually had a form of cancer, and Brock actually helped her heal with forms of um, full-spectrum cannabis oil and a 
daily regimen of taking in at least a gram. Yeah. That's, yeah, I've heard that many times. Like, weed can really, like, kind of fight cancer and that kind of stuff, especially, like, CBDs and all those things. Well, what a lot of people don't realize, it's not actually just CBD or THC or these different cannabinoids that are within the plant. Like, it's not THC. It's not CBD. They do help. What actually is going to be the fighting cause for cancer a lot of the time are certain cannabinoids like, I don't know, like CBC and like GBC, like different types of cannabinoids that are within the plant. It's yeah. an, and it's always like a combination of different cannabinoids. When you isolate just one cannabinoid, it doesn't have that, it doesn't have like the, what's the like the butterfly effect yeah for sure. like one doesn't help like if you have them all together one helps the other mm-hmm. when you have one isolated like when people buy 99 percent thc you actually aren't going to get as high off of that as comparably to i don't know like something that's 60 percent thc 20 percent cbd blah, blah blah this has this like you are not going to get as high really? unless you have everything yeah oh, i didn't know that yeah trust me if you have like a full spectrum cannabis oil that has everything in it comparably to 99% THC crystals you will get way higher off that uh, full spectrum stuff so like let's say someone wanted to get into weed and they wanted to try it out what would you recommend like how what would you tell them to go get like let's say I'm I come in I'm like hey Lily I've never tried this before what do I do and how should I start like should I take an edible like what should I do my first response is are you afraid of smoking because usually that's the easiest way to get into it edibles can be really tricky especially if they're not regulated um if you're just making your own edibles dangerous if you're just getting an edible from a friend (coughs) kind of you i wouldn't really trust it that well if you're going into a medical or recreational shop that says this is five milligrams take this then yeah that's a pretty good way to start yeah yeah, but, I've definitely taken some edibles from some of my roommates or that kind of stuff. And next thing you know, I'm on Mars think, pacing around my bedroom. I think everybody has had one of those experiences. Yeah. I remember, <laughs> I remember actually um, my friend was in Calistoga at the time. And my friend drove up from San Jose and brought these delicious coconut chocolate chip cookies. I said, try one. I said, okay. Dangerous. So I ate one. My friend couldn't finish my his other one, so I ate it. So I had two cookies. I blacked out. I remember sushi that I ate. I remember drawing on the table with some chopsticks and soy sauce. Blacked out. Remember waking up in my bed. Nothing else. Damn. Yeah, that's. but that's one of those things. It's like as long as you know where your stuff is from, it's really safe. Yeah. Like you shouldn't just be trying random edibles, things like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's the those are the dangerous ones. I'll put seasoned stoners still on their ass. Yeah. So <laughs> if people are afraid of smoking, then you would say edibles. Edibles probably like five milligrams to start with. Um, five milligrams is right where your psychoactivity really starts to take a hold. Yeah. Uh, for the human being, um, some people it's around four. Some people it can be as high as ten. And this really does not. Like, it does not depend on your uh, resilience and, like, your tolerance to it. This is one of those things that your endocannabinoid system just has different... It's like a lock and key, basically. So you have all these locks inside you. Yeah. In your brain. 
And basically when THC, when CBD goes in, it clicks into place with that lock. It's like a key. Yeah. And if it has the right formula, it'll turn it and let those all endorphins flood in. So it's one of those things where it just depends on your whole chemistry of your body. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't like smoking weed very much. I like to smoke the tiniest amount. And that's what I would always tell people is like, don't take a bunch of hits. Take like one little hit. And then just like, it doesn't really give you the full high effect, you know, and you just think on a different level. You just think different things. It's not like, it's like you just open up different pathways. And you're just like, I never thought of this before. Well, it's also like every person has ideas. Yeah, ideas. (laughs) I like that one. I used to have a a note, a notepad in my phone and it would be called ideas. And it was just (laughs) shit that I would think of when I was high. That's a good one. Yeah. So what kind is on what's on that list? I I don't have it anymore, but it was it was when I was like 18. Um oh, it long was ago like then. why <laughs> aren't there uh bunk bed couches? What? <laughs> yeah. Why well, shit? I was like why isn't there like two level couches and stuff? That's because you lived in a bunk bed with your brother, huh? Yes. But when you think <laughs> about it, like a lot of times you want to like sit on the top and like be a little higher and then uh I don't know. I just feel like a bunk bed couch. Not over it, but like a little bit behind it would be pretty sweet. Yeah. I feel like that would be really cool too. Yeah. Like a home theater. Exactly. Yeah. That's a good one. That'd be pretty sweet. But back to the plants, the normal plants, plants because for people out there who might want to start a garden, like we have, what do we have? Tomatoes, jalapenos, beets, broccoli. Kale. The Kale. kale started sprouting actually just recently. Um, we have poppy flowers, we have morning glory, we have sage, we have pineapple sage in particular. I just planted some cilantro that sprouted and it's really happy. Um, what else? Yeah, but just citrus having, tree, yeah, we have a having, pomegranate tree. Yeah, having your own vegetables is so satisfying. Like when we ate that jalapeno the other day compared to the other jalapenos, it tasted oh so much God, better. It's so much better. And it's just so satisfying. So, like, if you could just be fully sustainable on your own stuff, like, you only need, like, five or six vegetable plants and you're golden. Well, I mean, especially in terms of, like, what's going on right now, like, everyone freaking out, going to the store, spending all this money. Like, it was just one of those terrifying moments that I just thought to myself, I wish I had everything self-sustainable. I wish I had a farm. I wish... I had my chickens outside running around and laying eggs yet, or I wish I had my own cow. Like, it definitely was one of those realizing moments that if the world were to go to shit, I still would be okay. And I don't like feeling like I'm so reliant on what's going on in our economy, what's going on in our world. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we just got chickens. Like, what's six weeks ago no five weeks, five weeks four ago. and a half weeks ago four, four and, and a half. half weeks ago they're big now yeah they're they, really big now chickens literally go from zero to 100 real quick yeah. like they grew up in like four weeks and they're pretty much like what close to full size now 75 percent yeah i would give them more like 60 percent yeah they they're just fully feathered though evolved real quickly it's pretty crazy watching that they're uh, still inside our house so they're kind of loud but 
They're going outside next week. Yeah. Thank God. So if you guys have never had chickens before, you get them when they're a few days old. You put them in like a little crate or something with like the wood chips on the ground under a heat lamp. Yeah, you like, need to keep them under a heat lamp. Um, you can't let them get too cold. Yeah, they need to be really warm because those like the fur that they have just does not keep them warm until they get their feathers. Yeah. Yeah. And then you feed them like this baby starter food and keep their water like fully stocked at all times. You can't ever let them not have water. Uh, I've actually learned this also this cool little trick from watching so many YouTube channels about chickens, um, putting apple cider vinegar in their water. So I've actually been doing that since they were a week old. And uh, basically it helps prevent, not much, like literally a capful, but um, it prevents against mites and uh, fleas. Oh, for real? Mm-hmm. Oh. So how long until we have eggs? So 16 weeks from birth. From birth. From birth. So we're like a little over 25% of the way there. Mm -hmm. Which once they start getting outside and they start getting comfortable, um, it really just depends on when they're ready to start brooding. Yeah. But we do have a rooster. This was a scary thing. Um, Within the first week of us having chickens, we started to realize one of the light Brahmas doesn't exactly look like the other ones. And... (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely a male. It's growing up, and it still kind of has male characteristics. This has a little poking out chest. Those feathers are slightly different. Um, so I was a little worried about having a rooster since they are so annoying. But having a rooster also in times of um, distress in the world, being able to create more chickens, like how many of my coworkers hit me up the first week of COVID-19 happening and being like, hey, do you have baby chicks? Do you have eggs? Do you have this? Like, I want to start my own chicken farm. I want to start, like, have my own chickens. And I'm just like, I don't yet, but I see the need for it. Yeah, you, like, inspired your parents to get them. You probably <laughs> my mom went all the way. inspired my parents who were thinking about getting them. I mean, they're pretty easy to take care of. Like, yeah. I mean, you're pretty much doing all the work, but. Yeah, you're going to say anything about that? Uh, no, who's, who's been taking totally care of them? totally all you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, it is pretty easy. They're definitely easier than cats, dogs, anything like that. Like, yeah, and we had them right next to our bed, so they're not even that loud. And it's almost kind of like meditating here. And we go, yeah, all night long. <laughs> all night long. Yeah. Yeah, my mom actually went full throttle with the animal thing. Um, I got chickens. She's like, I've been thinking about that. She got chickens. The next week, she got a dog, another dog. The next week, she got two lambs. Like, my mom went full-on farm mode. Damn. <laughs> They're cute, too. So are the, uh, so your parents live in Calistoga, which is mm-hmm. a little bit north of San Francisco. Are they planning on staying there for a while? Or <sighs> they're going to try to... Mixed signals from them on that one. Um, just with Sonoma Valley having so many fires all the time that's gotta be like less than a mile from our house out of there both years in a row we were less than a mile like you're you're rolling the dice i know but like they love that property my mom has put so much effort into it and made it from like i think she bought it for like two hundred fifty thousand dollars a couple acres um, I looked on Zillow recently. It's like at eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars right now. 
for like their zestimate or whatever. Yeah. And my mom has done such incredible work on the property. She made a whole garden. She fixed up the vineyard. She's paid like basically made it a beautiful farm comparably mm-hmm. to what it was when she moved in, which was a dump. Yeah. They remodeled the house even. So I definitely think that there, my mom is just really hard to part with something that's been so close to our heart for so many years now. Yeah. It's just, it's like, when are you going to get your parents out of here or out of LA? I don't know. <laughs> they live in, uh, I thought it was like the greatest place to ever live. And I was always like, I'll never move out of LA. I love LA. Like it's the reason why I am who I am. And I moved out of LA. It took me till, uh, what? 26, 27 is when I moved to Vegas. Wow. Yeah. Greatest decision of my life. It's like literally like 25% of the stress is just gone from not being surrounded by so many people and just like no traffic. That's a huge thing. Like you sit in traffic for an hour to two hours every day, pretty much no matter what. Yeah. That is one thing that I promised myself is I'm never moving back to California. So I got out of California when I was 18 years old and I went to Oregon State University up in Corvallis, Oregon. And I just, honestly, I just knew that I would never, ever go back. Just the traffic, the way of life, um, how people act. Like, I'm not to say that there aren't a lot of great creative minds out in California. There definitely are. California is a huge staple in America. But just the way of life that I've seen, I'm just not really interested in it as much. Yeah, it's a bummer because it's such a sweet spot with the mountains and the beaches and perfect weather. And it's just like, damn it, everyone has to live there, really? Well, yeah, you got to trade things for things, though. It's just so expensive and the laws just suck. Yeah, that is the one thing about living in the Napa Valley growing up was hearing about how we had to listen to laws that San Francisco would pass. Yeah. And we're a tiny, tiny valley. My town was 5,000 people. Like, yeah. There's no reason we should be listening to certain laws, but we are. And yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate because, like, from like San Francisco up to Oregon, like, all that land in the middle, that's like Kentucky. It's like totally, it's like a different place. It really is. And they you have drive to follow the same rules so as Los empty. Angeles. It doesn't make any sense. Like, mm-hmm. when they were going to split California up into three three divisions, brilliant. I was like, yeah, that is brilliant. Like, like, why is California so damn big anyways? Humble versus LA. Can we just talk about how different mindsets there are in both places yeah how different of a life it is like Humboldt is damn near Oregon like that is Oregon in my opinion like when I was looking at schools it was between Oregon State and Humboldt State and because I wanted to be somewhere really naturey um and wow just the I don't know if I'm gonna offend anybody but the hippies that are in Humboldt man like Wow, it's just so different. Every, like, there was 20 beautiful 20-year-olds, men and, like, women, just, like, dressed in hippie clothing, not showering, not caring. Like, they were just working hard, doing, like, really cool science stuff. Yeah. But it's just, you look down at L.A. and you see a bunch of people not, I'm not saying they're not as educated, but there definitely is more of an appearance to look good versus 
be smart. Yeah, and like, like, what's the difference between North California and Oregon? Because you lived in both places. What would you say is like the main difference? Well, I, I'm gonna say I live more in Central California because San Francisco is more central. I know we consider it North California, but it's not. Like Humboldt is Northern California. Um, yeah, I had like until I did that circus tour, I did not know anything above San Francisco. I went. It was in my mind. It was San Francisco, Portland, Seattle. Yeah, and they no. Were, like, <laughs> They seemed so close to each other until I did that tour, and it was like, whoa, there's all of the, like, the whole entire tour was all in between San Jose and Portland. Basically, we were just in between that the whole time, and I was just, like, discovering all these crazy cities. Mendocino. Mendocino. Beautiful. So beautiful. And such a different world. Like, you go up there, and it is the greenest, luscious valley you'll ever go to and it's just crazy driving up and down california because it i don't know i think that most people don't realize how big of a state it is yeah like it is wildly big and it ranges from every temperature every climate like every type of person it lives in california yeah maybe that's why their laws are so ridiculous though yeah (laughs) yeah yeah mendocino if you have not been to mendocino Oh my god, you have to go. They have the craziest views ever. And the best weed. Yeah, probably. They really do. Yeah, I was making it a thing on that tour. I would go to a different weed shop every week and buy a gram of weed in every city. That's how you met me. (laughs) That is how I met you. Yeah. Well, also... Well, no. The story of how Tanner and I met... um, so one of Tanner's employees, Max J, yep, and the ringleader Amelia, Amelia, Amelia and her fiance Anjo, um, they came into high quality, and I knew immediately these people weren't from Corvallis. I was like, "What are you guys here for? You like, you're here for something?" And they were like, "We're from a circus. We're in town. We're at the park." And I was like. It's either a crackhead circus or it's a legit circus. And I'm going to go for sure to see which one it is. Yeah. (laughs) And I went and saw you at the ticket booth. Yeah. So we met at the ticket booth. Uh, Rhea, who was working with me at the ticket booth, was like, that girl was totally hitting on you. And you didn't say anything. I was. I totally (laughs) was. And I was like... I'm in the middle of Oregon. I'm not going to try to (laughs) talk to a girl out here. This is not going to work out. I was on my single girl grind, and you were like the first guy I'd flirted with. And I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to flirt with him. And my coworker was with me, Cheyenne. And she was like, okay, go for it. And you just shut me down so hard. So hard. It just didn't seem like a good idea to talk to a girl in Oregon when I was going to be out of there in three days. Fair, fair. I'll give you that. And then I was going to be back in Vegas in like 10 days. Anyways, he hit me up. He DM'd me. Well, I, <laughs> I didn't because you, I like saw you in the show. I did, did a few flips, pointed at you, maybe winked or something. You, you did some flirty stuff. And then, and then you just left after the show. Didn't even say hi. Just bolted out the door. And I was like, well, guess, uh, guess I'm never going to see her again. Until the next day. Until you stalked me. Yeah, so the next day I went to do my 
usual go buy a gram of weed in every pot shop in the don't let him fool you he totally stalked me to find me (laughs) totally did totally (laughs) went into a weed shop definitely was hoping that she would be there because i heard she worked at a weed shop and uh as i was about to leave she walked in saw her i was rolling pre-rolls in the back like i would run roll like 500 600 a day and what these were one of my days that I was doing that. And so I wasn't in the front of house and I walked out for a second just to grab a rolling tray and he's standing there and he just looks at me and he's like, you were in the crowd. And I was like, you were in the circus. And he just pulls out a weight, like a t- free ticket. And he's like, will you come tonight? Yeah. And I said, yeah, let me come take photos of you guys. I love photography. I just want to mess up with my new camera, yada, yada. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I'm totally into videos and photos and stuff. So as soon as I saw you show up with a camera, I was like, ooh, <laughs> that's someone I'm going to pursue. And I brought my coworker, Brad. Yeah. And I was has like, a kid. damn it. She has a boyfriend. <laughs> I just didn't want to go alone a to a circus. Like, come on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did How long did we do uh, long distance for? Like five and a half six months somewhere in there yeah that was tough six months of long distance at the beginning of a relationship and then you i feel like it made everything so easy though yeah it made everything so easy and i thought it was batshit insane when he was like move to vegas move in with me and i was like shouldn't i like get my own apartment shouldn't i let's not move so fast kind of thing yeah. and he was just so adamant like it's gonna I work i knew i was gonna ask you to marry me though so and it did work it worked really well like i think just being apart for so long and not being able to express physical things yeah like just being able to talk all the time and get that out there that mm-hmm. we were just so comfortable with each other when i did move here yeah like, we knew mostly mo- all the stuff about each other and if you could survive a long distance relationship for six months, you can survive a regular relationship. <laughs> true. Very true. Yeah. Like it's tough. Long distance is very tough. It's like the out of sight, out of mind thing. And if you can keep the relationship going, like I have few feelings works. about that statement. I've seen so many relationships fall apart soon as they had to go long distance. Uh, I'm not going to lie with you there, yeah. but I think it's more of not out of sight, out of mind. It's out of sight, want to be with them so badly that you'd rather just not be with them. Because mm. that's, I've seen that a lot with people where they're so obsessed with the fact of like, I can't be with them. I can't give them a hug. I can't do this. I can't do that. That they're just like, I'd rather not do this. I'd rather be with somebody else. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's true. And a lot of people, I feel like a lot of people just aren't mature enough to be in certain relationships. Like, honestly, you shouldn't be in a relationship until you're like, I mean, it depends on like how your mindset is because like some people grow up faster than others. Like, I feel like I grew up pretty fast and then I feel like some of my friends did not grow up yeah no i'm a child (laughs) but i also think i have myself pretty together compared to most people and like like for example i used to always joke around like you're closer in age to like dylan and our other roommates but i'm younger than your younger brother by like four years (laughs) i know yeah but you matured a little faster 
than like most girls your age, in my opinion. I'll just let you believe. I'm just that. saying, like, it's, <laughs> I don't think I just that I got the party most out. Most relationships are gonna work, and most people just get attached to each other, and they just want to be with each other because they want that comfort. And a lot of like that's why a lot of relationships happen is because people just want that comfort, and they're like, I don't know, they want to get laid every day. I mean, fair point. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that was another good point of us being long distance in the beginning was just that we, if we wanted to be together, if we wanted to make it work, we had to. It wasn't a kind of comfort thing. You had been single for a while. Yeah. I had been single just a little bit, but yeah. it definitely was one of those things of like, I could go on not making this work and just do my own thing, but I really do like him. Yeah. I was in the mode of like put your head down and just work on your business. I had the the shoes. They had already been ordered. A thousand pairs of shoes. My stunt show was just starting to get going. Can you put that on silent? Um, Sorry, my mother added a photo and sent it to me. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, but some, just some people aren't in like the right mentality for a relationship. And then you see it when they get together. Very true. Next topic. Yeah. Um, yeah. So how is Vegas so far for you, though? Oh, fantastic. You like it? It's yeah. cheap. You I have am, a lot of stuff. No, I will say it is fantastic. I definitely have a better mindset here. I think that in Oregon, I was definitely stuck in this. Been at least for a year now. Yeah. I think where I was in Oregon was I was had been there for five years since I was 18 years old. So I made a lot of different changes there from like drinking and smoking for the first time and partying and not yeah college life i didn't my parents were very strict in the beginning and like not strict like unruly but that was like you have to be home at dark kind of thing um so i guess going crazy was definitely something that happened and i made so many changes that at the very end i wasn't fully comfortable with making the final change to who like i am yeah and like I think that Vegas really allowed me to have the opportunity to recreate myself. And I, I do feel comfortable if I were to go back there to visit or something like that. Like I'm very confident in myself now of knowing exactly what I want to do, exactly what I like to do, not being peer pressured to drink, things like that. Like that was definitely one of my problems the last year I was there was I wasn't going out and partying. I didn't go to bars anymore. I didn't go out to the clubs and all my friends, that was their get together. That was how I'd see them. Yeah. And I couldn't do that anymore. Um, so I actually just stopped really hanging out with my friends, Mm. which it's okay. Yeah. Well, you were fortunate enough to get a job here, like within the first like few days that you moved here. Yeah, that is true. Working at Parkway Tavern, which is like Mm a, that was a life change bar for like kids who just turned like 21. So we're, this tavern is open 24 hours and it turned into a club. A club on the weekends and all of a sudden I was a server working till 5 a.m. with 40 cards at a time credit cards and drunk people trying to get them to sign their tabs and they'd be ordering more shots and more drinks and everything and it just it was, I mean it was really fun it don't get me wrong it was very fun but ah, that's just, I don't know how people do that for more than a, like a year or two shit <laughs> I only made it a couple months before I was like damn this life sh- Lifestyle is like not for me. Like, 
a month and a half that you worked there? No. Was it more than that? Yes. It was for four months, actually. Whoa. Yeah. That job was toxic, though. I did come, I did drink after work, and it would be like 5 a.m. in the morning. Yeah, I just don't think those are good. You'd come home, the sun is rising up, and you're like, crap, I just need a drink right now after that craziness. Yeah. And then you sleep all day until 2 or 3 p.m., and then you wake up and you do it all over again. Yeah, it's hard to be like productive and especially like establish yourself in any kind of career when you have a job like that. It did make great money though. I can yeah. understand seeing it doing it like two or three times a week. Yeah. Which I kind of was getting to, but um also just the people were a little catty there. No offense. Just I think that's just server industry kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. And I was just fresh off from Corvallis, which the people are so extremely nice in Corvallis. People are out of their way nice. The drivers go slower for you to go in front of them kind of thing. Yeah. Like very like, hey, neighbor. Mm-hmm. Vegas is not like that. Not at all. <laughs> yeah. So you went from that bar to a pool, which is very high end place, like super mm-hmm. expensive rest or not restaurant hotel. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it called again? Uh, uh, Weston. Weston. Weston Hotel. Weston Hotel. But we were at in Lake, La- Lake Las Vegas. Oh, Lake Las Vegas. A much nicer place. Excuse Super you. expensive, like great view, like nice place. And that place seemed like it was, it's kind of like the same thing, except you're working by a pool. Yeah, but I mean, it wasn't. It's in the daytime. Yeah, and it's not bad. Like that place is much, they're much more accommodating and For the girls sure. were much more. Not just any girl or not just any guy can, like, work there. It's definitely more particular. Yeah. Like, not, I don't know. It's not like an entry-level job, though. Not an entry-level server position either. I mean. Most girls, like, have to go to these tryouts for those places. Yeah. I guess the thing is about serving by a pool, though, is it's just you have to look good and you have to know your shit. You have to know the drinks. You have to know the food. You have to be able to take down 10 orders at a time and just store that in your head and just be like, okay, this person is this person. I know exactly where they are at the pool and what they ordered. And that's not easy, especially when it's 118 degrees out. You're probably really dehydrated. Yeah. And you're running around in a bikini and you're just like trying not to get sunburnt. And I mean, it may also great job. I love that job. Yeah, uh, we're shut down due to COVID right now, but damn it, I know. coronavirus screwing everything up. Damn it, I know. I was so excited to get tan again this summer. <laughs> you can get tan, tanner. <laughs> yeah, no, I've been actually been laying out in the sun during this coronavirus shutdown. Yeah, um, just praying that it gets a little bit warmer before everything gets back to normal, so I can get a tan in. Yeah, but we should a blow up pool. Blow up pool would be pretty sweet. They're only like two hundred dollars. Where are we gonna put right it? Now. We don't have enough space, though. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, I was gonna say like shut an the fuck acre up. of open land. Um, Spe- but yeah, yeah, I moved from the pool, and then I actually spent a cup. I spent one month back in Oregon, and I did uh, croptober to like when all the marijuana plants are basically um, getting trimmed up and pre-rolling and all that crazy stuff. So I came back, or I went back to do that. And then I didn't have a job for a couple months. No, you didn't. <laughs> I mean, I was making money still, though. 
that was the thing. Like I had photography mm-hmm. gigs that were getting lined up. Um, I worked for Tanner, uh, worked for you for the um, for, Winter Holiday Dreams yeah. show in Reno, um, which great show if you're ever in Reno. Definitely should go see it. Um, worked for that one. And then come January, I applied to a gun range, which my friend worked at. And I got the job. 702 range. Range 702 great place as well if you have never shot a gun before and you want to learn how to shoot that is the place to go like our range safety officers are fresh out of the military definitely like know exactly how to dismantle a gun how to teach people how to shoot like how to be safe about it we haven't had any actual accidents which were like the only range that has happened with that knock on wood is your head wood (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> nothing in there yeah so working like how has it been working at a gun range because a lot of people would be like probably terrified and not want to actually work at a gun range like it's not scary my uh, mom was terrified for me and i was like mom no this isn't like yeah. n- okay if anybody's gonna try to like rob a gun range you're getting shot like real fast yeah, not the best like place to do every that. person has concealed carry yeah. and like I know a lot of people are like, well, more guns, more chance for like accidents. And yeah, there is a chance for accidents. That's why all our range safety officers are trained really well. And like our range is indoors and it's behind two bulletproof doors. Yeah. Like I work out on the sales floor, so I don't, not near firing guns really. But if anybody were to do anything stupid, how many people would just automatically just whip out their gun and are dead shots too? Like, I feel more safe there than most places. Yeah. Like, there is, um, so we're offering training safety courses for people right now, um, especially with how many people are buying guns for the first time with COVID-19. Um, and there's this pharmacy lady who comes in with her coworker, this guy, and they've shot there, like, maybe four or five times and taken the safety training classes. And they're like, we need to get comfortable. Our pharmacy keeps on getting broken into. People keep threatening us to give them medications. Like, we need to be protected. We need to protect other people. And it makes me realize, wow, we're, I'm in one of the safest places that, like, everyone has guns already that would die to protect me. Yeah. And I would die to, like, protect somebody else. Like, that's just how it goes. And, like, I think about people who are in these essential jobs that have the chance of being like attacked or being robbed and all this like <sighs> yeah makes me yeah. grateful that's what i gotta Places say with like money and no protection at all that's probably more dangerous especially in like vegas or la those kind of places oh god i can't even think about like la and just like how normal that is to have robberies take yeah, place for sure it's kind of kind of crazy place so you guys, the I guess a place in North Las Vegas did get robbed though, right? Someone. So this is what I've heard. Um, there was a gun store in North Las Vegas, and you know, there most of the gun stores had to cut most of their staff. Yeah, that was just fact. They had to cut them due to the coronavirus. Yeah, due to the coronavirus, like we can't give you all jobs, and so they're working at half, uh, half staff. And as well as there is an influx in um, customers that are coming in, new first-time gun owners, which is so terrifying. Just yeah. having so many new people with guns that have no training behind it, just in panic buying. Um, and this guy came in, apparently, 
and asked to see an AR-15 off the wall. Now, you can hand, when you're selling a gun, you can hand them the gun. There's no clip in it. They're not going to run off because there's usually security officers and things like that or other employees. Well, this guy pulled out a loaded magazine and slipped it into the AR-15 and said, this is mine now. And nobody, not even the security officers, are going to shoot into a crowd at a guy who is surrounded by people because it apparently was super busy. And he just walked off with the gun. Yeah. With Which is like, how much money? Like $600? Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, if I was him, I probably would have picked out a really expensive one. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> that was a ballsy move, though. Because yeah. if somebody was quick to the trigger... He would have been dead. Yeah, for sure. Especially he made that threat, that threat, mm-hmm. like, I will shoot you for this gun kind of thing. Yeah. That's terrifying. That's why, actually, uh, the Range 702 has security officers with guns now. Like, if you walk in, and a lot of people are kind of getting upset Not about this. Not just guns. Yeah. There we go. Like, if we after some- this happened, you walk in, there's a dude standing with, like full riot gear with an AR-15 that's loaded in his hand. <laughs> just it's, it's honestly a little intimidating. I feel very safe around it though. Yeah, we've gotten a lot of, like, oh, lot of Yelp reviews that. that people hate it. But you know what? They don't understand the severity of what's going on. Like they are there to protect you. They are there to make sure that you are not hurt. You are not robbed for your gun that you just purchased. Yeah. Like our security guard walked somebody out to their car the other day and we're like yeah you just bought a gun and a bunch of ammunition and that's like gold right now Mm -hmm. like you honestly should just drive home with it immediately yeah the lines you pass a gun store and there's a line that's like an hour long just to buy ammunition well with background checks too like nobody's getting guns really that much right now like now they are but um background checks were taking one to four days which usually they would take what 20 minutes at most yeah so it's definitely gotten like the demand for guns is definitely really high right now and i think a lot of people who are against the second amendment are definitely preaching it which is wild to me i never thought i would see the day where more people are for guns yeah i don't know it's kind of crazy like if some if if a burglar or someone who wants to hurt you is allowed to have a certain level of weapons would you not i just to me it doesn't make sense i get that accidents happen and you don't want your kids to have a gun but dude if shit goes down like it is right now like people are getting robbed left and right yeah yeah well you don't want to protect yourself it's being educated on your gun being educated how to have it safely how to handle it how to dismantle it how to keep it away from kids like i think that what a lot of people who are against the second amendment think is that they hear all these horror stories of kids hurting themselves of people shooting themselves of people shooting the wrong person things like that and i won't deny there are very stupid cases that you can look up anywhere um columbine like holy moly that is really Mm -hmm. fucked up but responsible gun owners which makes up most of like licensed gun owners yeah don't do much wrong and passing laws continuous laws against it aren't isn't really going to do much for the people who are already following all those laws yeah 
Like, guns are coming in here illegally everywhere. It's the same with, like, cocaine. Yeah. It's coming in illegal. You can't really do much about it. I mean, True. you can stop where it's being imported from, which I don't think that really happens with guns as so much as people, like, the government worried about drug smuggling. Yeah. So, like, fentanyl. Ooh. Yeah. I heard, yeah, that one's a nasty one that keeps killing people. I'd be really disappointed if they got to the point where they started taking away guns or something. Cause it's like, then you just literally like you're seeing right now, the government does have quite a bit of power. If they say, let's shut everything down. Everyone is essentially sheep and just like, okay. And this is why I'm saying self-sufficient farm. If you are on a self-sufficient farm, yeah. are you kidding me? What are they going to do? They're going to come in and say, you don't have access to this. Cool. I'll just stay at home with all my plants and animals and just keep on doing me. Yeah. If you are far enough out there, this is kind of why I want to live somewhere that's a little bit more rural. Yeah. Like Las Vegas isn't that rural. <laughs> yeah. And it's in the desert, which we don't really have many natural resources. So. Yeah. Well, fortunately, we already have a few guns. And hopefully that, I mean, I mean, we're pretty protected. We got security lights and stuff. We did have a very interesting circumstance. Which is what I wanted to lead yeah. into. Yesterday, uh, pretty sketchy looking van, no license plate. It had a temporary license plate yeah, on the back. Piece of paper on their back. So they were like sitting in the living room. There's a car pulls into our driveway slowly. Definitely Very looking at all our stuff slowly, and everyone's like, "Oh, Madeline!" So I'm like, "That's not Madeline. That's a van." So I look out the window, I see a van parked in our driveway. In the driveway. In the driveway, and like, just if you're picturing this, we live on an acre, like almost an acre and a half. We also or so. have a rounded-in driveway. Yeah, like a loop. So you have to drive in through our gates. Like, you know this is not a place where you're supposed to be unless you know the people that live there or you're trying yeah. to steal something. Yeah. Like, this person drove through our looped driveway. Yeah, and it's uh, one person. It was, like, an older... Well, we didn't know at the time. It was, like, a probably, like, 35-year-old girl um, chilling in the car. But, so, anyways, we see this. I go grab my handgun walk out like it's in my all pocket the, all three of the guys me in the house my brother and mason out. all walk out and this car like to the van because the van okay so well, after they pull in they pull out and our we have a huge lot next to this which is like with a gate acre. yeah but driving it's not up like next to the gate and you can house. literally see her staring into our backyard driving, well, she drove past it drove past and then it, reversed, reversed to look into where our, our gate to see our side yard, to see if, I think to see if anything was there to steal, which yeah. we don't have like much back there that's valuable. Yeah. Um, I mean, in terms of who has it, like we have a tramp yeah. wall, we have mats, we have a teeter. Not teeter really board. anything you can steal though. Yeah. Like if a you value. were, yeah, you would not be able to steal you, it you and like sell a, it. A trailer at minimum. To which your trailer was also back there. Yeah. My trailer is back there. So basically mason and tanner follow after this car 
and we're about to go or this van and we're about to ask them like what they're doing and start like walking up to them while yeah, this girl is right looking into our window. yard and it's this car just speds up speeds off as like literally as she just leaves. sees us walking up to the window just speeds off so we jump in our the tesla follow her for like quite a while get the like license plate minutes. and like yeah we have her license plate and we have pictures of her so if anything we will shoot you if you try to steal our shit second amendment yeah no it, it definitely was one of those situations that made me think like this person could be scouting our house out for sure for somebody else and I can't think because of it's a young woman like nobody's really going to suspect a young woman but the way she did it it was so sketchy and just the reversing to look in our side lot and then taking off like it was yeah. i mean we, we we don't have neighbors there's no reason anyone should be on our street yeah no one else lives on our street literally they're doing construction next to us to build new houses but they're empty lots right now yeah Anyways, this was just this one of the situation where it made everyone in the house super high, hyper alert. Yeah. And made us realize, wow, we are. No, I've been saying it. We're kind of a target because we don't we have neighbors. There's, we we have can't run one to neighbor, else. But like we're in the middle of everything. We have a big, nice tramp wall that everyone can see from the street. Well, just how many cars we also have. Like I'm would be surprised. cars. Like you could steal one of our cars. I mean, don't, but I mean, you definitely could. They're locked and stuff, but. But, like, if somebody was smart enough, they could do it. Yeah, and my car got broken into the first week I moved to Vegas a few years ago. <sighs> Tough. Damn. People, thieves, but. But I mean, people really be going crazy in this COVID 19 business. Yeah, dude. People will be just losing their shit, robbing people. I keep on getting call or like text messages from friends that live in Henderson that keep saying there was a guy on my front porch um my ring security basically told me there was I called the cops on him he was arrested this guy was banging on my door like crackheads out and about like it's a whole crazy business right now yeah and I think that definitely people who were laid off who have no money now yeah. are about to get in some really desperate times and I think that that really hasn't hit as much as we think it is going to hit. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Because they just extended the quarantine. Yeah. It's going to kill the economy. People are going to be out without money. Get desperate. Are you going to get tired of me? Just don't come to our place. I don't want to shoot anyone. Yeah. I definitely will shoot somebody. But, I mean, fortunately, we have, like, security lights all over the place. So, the whole place lights up like a freaking circus. That's funny. <laughs> let's uh you want to wrap it up right there yeah way to wrap it up this is lily orion on the off axis podcast thank you for having me tanner yeah so lilith orion on instagram Follow um me. thank you guys for watching again subscribe if you have not we appreciate it we're gonna be doing a lot of podcasts some number good 10 podcasts. down on to 100 Thank you guys. Peace. Bye.